Hello everyone, this is Hannah, your host, and you are listening to the Success is Routine podcast. Our show is on a mission to talk to leaders in life and business that have achieved success and to learn what their routine is. If you are ready to create your routine to success, you're in the right place. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Success is Routine podcast. I am super excited to have Lily Shepard here with us. Lily is an embodied leadership coach and author of Pleasure Principles for Driven Women, Reclaiming Pleasure Through Movement. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks for having me. We met in a mastermind, and I remember hearing about how like you really focus on the movement on the body and, you know, just really being okay in your own skin and, you know, being okay with pleasure in a way too. So I was super excited to have you on and share your story. So before we jump into your routine, share a little bit about you and how you got started in that kind of, you know, world. It's interesting because it goes I really have to go further back than I think. Um, I usually answer this question by starting with my dance career and dance training that started very young and I start there. But really what I've been understanding more is it really starts in childhood, just growing up with my mom. My mom is a retired sex therapist and she's always been very comfortable in her body mm-hmm. and very, she, she was always in a bigger body and I never heard her talk badly about herself or anything like that. And she was always very comfortable walking around in, in various states of undress and things like that. And so recently I've just been thinking about how much that impacted the work I'm doing now, even before I started going to dance school and, and deciding that dance was something that I wanted to have in my life. I think just the the comfort as a woman, Mm -hmm. seeing that model from such an early age really has had a huge influence on the work that I'm doing today. So starting there, and then of course I did start dancing. I I don't even remember five, six, four, something like that. Mm -hmm. And studied dance and just, I never let it go. I went to performing arts high school. I studied dance in college and I was a student of movement from a performative aspect for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And that is where I found a love of, of movement and musicality and moving my body. But it wasn't until much later into adulthood that I started looking at movement from a different perspective and more as a tool for pure expression and, and Mm self-healing. No, I love that. I love that you learned some of those things from your mom too, just to, because it's one thing growing up, you don't learn to be okay with those things. If anything, we're learning the opposite that we should avoid any thought of them whatsoever. I'm glad she was there to healthily express, is that a word? I don't know, (laughs) to express that way so that when you grew up, you know, you were not ashamed of it either. And so I love that you did dance. And so was there a specific kind of dance that you did? All of it, ballet, jazz, tap, music theater, uh, later on African dance, hip hop, heels, contemporary, all of the things. I I pretty much loved everything. Ballet, I didn't love. I never had the body for it. I never had the flexibility for it. And I always found it to be a struggle 
And mm-hmm. I knew I needed to do it for a certain level of technique, but it always caused me a lot of anxiety. Even to this day, I, you know, pink tights and leotards trigger me <laughs> to a certain extent. But yeah, pretty much, you know, there are still some forms of dance that I, I want to explore more like uh, belly dancing um, and things like that. But for the most part, I covered most of the bases uh, along the way. Awesome. And so what was that transition like from going to being a full-time dancer to creating your own business and then, you know, helping other women through movement? Yeah, well, it started because I was really into dance fitness for a while. When I first moved to Austin, actually, everything started with dance fitness. I got my exercise certification and I I loved fitness and I loved working out, but I wanted to bring more dance into it. So I started a modality called Twerk and Burn, which brought like twerking and kind of a more sensual aspect into working out. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I just started to see such a shift in the women that were attending And there was such an openness that came with moving their bodies in that way. And like, yes, they were sweating and they burned a whole bunch of calories, but even more so moving in that way really allowed them to open up and share. And so after class, people didn't want to leave. You know, Mm -hmm. there was just this openness and there was this really confident feeling that accompanied all that movement. And I started to see like, wow, this is really the gateway to something. This shouldn't just end with the class. And then everyone goes home and goes back into their life. Like this can actually be a path to self-discovery and a path to some healing. Yeah. And I think it's super powerful. And it's something you said about your mom, how she wasn't you know, always like the smallest person. She was in a bigger body, but she was always comfortable with herself. And I think a lot of people struggle with getting there because they don't think they're the perfect body. And I think going into a fitness dance definitely sounds less of like, you know, just like, oh my goodness, people are going to watch me dance. It's not, it's not competitive anymore. So it takes a lot of that anxiety out, but I know there's still like, there's a dance class down the street for me. And I've been looking at it for probably two years, but still come in where I don't think I can do it. Like, you know, so I'm really excited to learn from you too. And like, and that routine of movement and how impactful it is. And so share with us a little bit, what does your routine look like? Yeah. And so, and really quickly, I just want to speak to something you said, Mm -hmm. movement has to be celebratory. And that was one of the main things I felt like was different about what I was teaching was like, this is a celebration of who you are. This is not about trying to get you to be a smaller version, a better dancer, even necessarily. This is just like, come and celebrate who you are and do the best you can with the movement that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And through that, you're going to start to feel pretty good. And I think it's just a big distinction because a lot of, there are a lot of things out there that look intimidating you know, that look really cool and fun, but then you see it on Instagram and everybody's in unison and everybody has their outfits on and it it can be overwhelming. So coming back to a routine, I started using movement as a part of my routine when I was going through my divorce. Before that movement was a very big part of my life. I would always go out dancing or I would go to dance class. It wasn't necessarily a routine, but it was something that was pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. When I was going through my divorce, it was a really rough time. Very, very rough. 
And I had this moment, uh, which I talk about in the book, in which I just danced and I unraveled. Like I, I really heard a voice that was like, just move. And mm -hmm. I put on music and I, because I was doing all of these things that were supposed to make me feel better. I was going to groups. I was saying affirmations. I was meditating. I was trying all these, these different things to find some peace and some joy. And I got a clear message, just move. It is like something you've been doing your whole life. Like, why aren't you using that in this circumstance? And I put on music and I just had the most cathartic experience. I danced all the styles that I name. I did them all. I, you know, I was tap dancing on carpet. I was doing <laughs> everything, but it all felt so good. And I felt such a release and I felt like I was able to, really express everything that I was going through to nobody but myself in my room. Yeah. But I, I got so much out of it. And I thought, I need to do this every day. Mm -hmm. This is something that I need to do every day. It doesn't necessarily need to be an hour and we need to go through every dance style and we need to cry and roll around and, and all of that. But if I can just make a little bit of time to dedicate to moving my body and see what that's like, I think it's going to be pretty good for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it started. Yeah. I've had like this cinematic experience play out of like the music coming on and that dance when nobody's watching and how like amazing that feeling is. I've never done it that way because I'm not a good dancer, but I love that you had that and you found that. So what was it like? So you realize that like this movement, like that you've been doing all your life, was that one thing that, you know, for you was going to be better than the therapy or the group sessions and things like that. That was the thing that really worked and resonated with who you were. So how did it look every day then? Cause that first day was a lot. So how does it look now versus when you first started it? How's it evolved? Yeah. And I have to say, Hannah, being a good dancer has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Trust me, because what I learned through that experience was that I was so conditioned to only dance in ways that I knew I looked good doing mm -hmm. that when I was able to just move in whatever way felt right and to drop that move in a way that I already know that I can do right that I'm already these moves that I know feel good and, and it was just completely the opposite if you would have seen me in my room that day you would not have been like oh this girl's a great dancer I promise you because it was so primal and it was so just from the root of who I was and there was nothing in it that was about looking good or performing or anything like that so I will say that as the practice developed what I noticed was that different things would come up for me every day because every day is different, right? And so over time, I began to look forward to it and not see it as like, because the first thing is just making the decision. Like, this is something I'm going to do every single day. Here I go. Mm -hmm. And what I started to notice was that it allowed me to move through my day with much more ease, because I had already taken some time for myself and I had already expressed myself mm -hmm. before the world has a chance to like dump on me and I start reading news and social media and my kids and my husband and people want things and there's life going on. It's like I've already kind of had a few minutes of 
expressing through my body how I feel. And mm-hmm. so that allowed me to really go into the rest of my day feeling energized and and feeling prepared and feeling proud of the fact that I prioritize myself. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. It, it, it's the movement. Yes, that's my way. That's that's what feels good to me. And and what I think, you know, is a great way to express for everyone. But even more so than the modality that I'm using, it's really the routine is prioritizing myself and giving myself time to express myself before life happens. Mm-hmm both creating that space as your space, not letting everything else into it. And so I love that. And one question, cause you know, a lot of people probably feel like me and we're like, I'm a crappy dancer. I can't move. But at the same time, like I, I have spent hours watching dance videos and just watching people dance. Cause I love it so much. So what is that piece of advice to get somebody to not care about what they look like when they dance and to just do it? That's a great question. That's why I'm taking so long to answer. <laughs> You're good. It. Yeah, I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a really good question. And I think when you look at the bigger goal of you're healing something within yourself, you're expressing a part of who you are. I think that you're able to transcend the whole like, well, what do I look like? What is this performance like? What are the ideas that I have about myself as a a dancer, because I started saying, you know, and even the title of the book is reclaiming pleasure through movement, not through dance. And I think it's important to make that distinction. Mm -hmm. Movement is dance, dance is movement. It all flows. But if you can move, Mm -hmm. you can dance. And even if you can't move, I mean, I, I was a dance mentor back in Vegas and I worked with children who were severely disabled and and many of them were wheelchair bound and had had no movement had no speech had no movement and we would go into the school and do bring music and bring dance and in their faces in the tiniest of movements of their eyes of it was there you know and so i know I've seen it with my own eyes that the the power of of dance and movement is something that's can be experienced by anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier to when you focus on your own, what is this doing for you? Mm-hmm. Right? Who cares what it looks like or or anything else? But I know also that it's hard to get out of the thing of like I'm a good dancer. I'm a bad dancer. I can sing really well. I can't do. You know, we tend to label ourselves from a very early age and then it sticks with us but that's the part of the practice right is just to to do it every day regardless of how it looks and see what changes occur in you mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love just to look at it as movement to start with and create any movement that works for you whether that's dance or whether that's running you know all those different types of movement And so I really love that and just thinking about it. And like, I think of one thing I was thinking of the whole time was as a kid, we're not afraid to look dumb. (laughs) And so like, how do we get that as adults? It's like one thing we have to learn is it's okay to be scared and it's okay to still do it, you know, and those different things. So with the movement, are there other pieces of your routine that kind of help through your day? Yeah. Hydration. 
Mm-hmm. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Because before the movement, there's a big glass of water mm-hmm. with electrolytes. Because there's a replenishing that has to happen in order to even, you know, feel like your blood's flowing and your joints are loose and all of that. So for me, it's really, it's hydration, it's movement, and then it's a little bit of stillness. And those things together. And then, you know, there are things that I I try to do consistently, which is like walk in nature, get fresh air, get some sunshine. And but I can't say that those happen every single day. Most yeah. days they do. But for me, it's the trifecta of is, is immediately when I wake up, big old glass of water with electrolytes, get into the movement and then be still and kind of reflect on what the movement revealed to me or how I felt about it. Or today I felt kind of stiff and dragging or, you know, today my mind was really focused on a conversation I had with a friend or today I felt really sad and I moved really slowly or today I woke up excited. I jumped for joy, whatever the case was, just allowing a little bit of time for reflection on what actually happened before I move into the next part of my day. Awesome. And were any of these things like something that you really had to work to stick with or did they all really, it was kind of like coming from a dance background. You already had that routine in. So it was a a really easy flow. How did that work to stick to these routines? It wasn't easy because I would tell myself, because I am a dancer. Oh, you're a dancer. You're going to, you know, you don't have to do it right now. You're going to dance. Hey, you're going out dancing on Friday. That counts, right? I would kind of make excuses for myself on why I didn't need to do it in a consistent way at the same time every day, every single day because I was dancing so much in my normal life. But what I found was that there's something really special about being able to trust yourself to do what you say you're going to do. And for me, it's a practice in self-trust of, yeah, okay, I can skip this and I'll I'll probably have a, still have a really good day. I am going to go out dancing. So I could technically check that box for movement, Mm -hmm. but there's something that feels really empowering about trusting myself enough to know that whatever happens, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to get up and I'm going to move for five to seven minutes every Mm -hmm. single morning. And that is just consistent. It doesn't change and it feels really good. And what happens is It just compounds and I begin to trust myself. If I can trust myself to do that, I can trust myself to do, you know, the next thing. And I'm not constantly breaking promises to myself. So for me, that's been the most important thing was it, it strengthened my ability to trust myself. And then from then we start taking on bigger tasks and bigger tasks because I know that I, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. Yeah, that's very powerful. One thing that like, even, so I'm a checkbox person and <laughs> so I'm always looking at the checkbox. So that's a really big shift in my mind, even right now thinking, okay, maybe I need to throw the checklist away and just come into just trusting myself and believing myself to do it because it's not about the checkbox because then I see like checkboxes that I don't hit and I get more discouraged because of them. And so getting her that checklist, you know, and going back to basics of just trusting yourself to do it because that is so powerful and, once you can trust yourself to do one thing consistently, 
you're going to be like, oh, I can do other things. And you're going to believe in yourself more on those things. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I feel the same way, you know, because it's like, yeah, I can make a whole list of a whole bunch of things that I can do and maybe check off some and feel okay. Or I can focus on one thing and consistently do that one thing for a period of time, build that trust and then, okay, add another thing, add another thing add another thing before you know it. I don't even need a list. It's just, did I decide I was going to do this? Yes. Okay. Then it's happening. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about success a little bit. So what does success mean for you? Success for me means freedom, means being able to choose my, my state of mind, how I want to spend my time, how I want to spend my energy, where I want to focus my gifts, how I want to help other people. It's really about having an abundance of choice mm-hmm. and feeling at ease. Yeah. And so how would you contribute the routine you've created to getting that success? Oh, wow. It's, it's the major thing. Because for me, part of the connection that I made was, when I'm moving my body in these different ways, I start to like, I'm doing that physically, but it starts to remind me that my life can go in a lot of different ways. Like when I'm going through my day in very linear fashion, right? I'm getting up, I'm sitting down, I'm turning, I'm walking to place to place. I'm sitting down, I'm typing, I'm getting up, I'm going. It's, it's like, I'm only doing this small movements in these little box all day. When I wake up and I begin to move in different ways and turn my body around or roll on the floor or move in a circle or jump up, it kind of reminds me that my life can take these different pathways. Like I don't have to be very linear and rigid in the way that I'm living my life. So it serves as a reminder of that for me. And I think that's a big part of how that's contributed to my success because by moving my body in that way every day, it, it opens up my mind Mm -hmm. to possibilities. And I absolutely was not thinking about that when I started, it was just something that over time I started to realize, I just feel more open to possibility. And I, I have a better understanding of the choices that I have. I don't feel confined and boxed in. And I credit the movement for that. Awesome. I love it. I know movement is so powerful and it's something that we do not like just as human beings don't even realize is like so much more powerful than just getting healthy or working out. It really is a mindset shift to almost happiness in a way too, because like, I think of Wally if you've seen the movie, the Disney movie, where they're all like the stuck sitting. And then like, once they can come back to earth, they don't want to, but you can see how unhappy they are. And that's because of that lack of movement in our life. It's like, so right now, like AI and all these other things are so popular. However, we have to realize like, we cannot rely on those things. We still need to make movement, even if it's like moving your mind in a way to get away from those things. So I think this is really powerful hearing this routine of movement and how it fits into your life. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's awesome, right? It's just, it's movement for exploration. We, we move a lot. A lot of us have workout routines. You know, we get up, we run, we jog, we soul cycle, we do all of these things and they're all very tied to goals and metrics and measurements. And we're going to do it for this long and we're going to do it for this many reps. And if we do it for this many reps, this many days, we're going to lose this many pounds. And there's all these measurements and we forget to just move for the sake of movement and joy and pleasure. And I think it's really important. Yeah. And that's something you said there too, where it's like the reps, the measurements, everything like that. And we're doing it just to get a goal. Like it's a huge thing I had recently. It's a, like, I'm always trying to lose weight. It's like that perpetual thing that always happens. And about two weeks ago, I like told my husband's like, I'm done. I'm done trying to lose weight. I'm done trying to diet. I'm done trying to do any of those things. I'm just going to live in the way that I'm supposed to. And if it happens, it'll happen. And I think the same with movement, we shouldn't be focusing on doing this specific thing to make this thing happen, it should just be a movement for yourself because it's going to, it's a thing that you should do regardless of the movement. It's going to help you in your life, be happier. Um, mm -hmm. And in, in return, that'll make you healthier. And so, but not focusing so much on the, the checkbox again. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know um, I want to make sure we stay on time here. So I have two more questions for you. Sure. The first one being, so someone's listening to this right now and they don't have like a routine of movement in their life. You know, they go to the office, they come home, they watch the Netflix, which are all okay things, but how do they then put that routine of movement? What's that first step to start including movement into their day, especially at the beginning of their day, if they can. Yeah. The first step is to make the decision. You just have to decide that that's what you're going to do. And and do it. I mean, it sounds like so, so simple, right? But it's like, once you decide, this is a part of my routine mm -hmm. from this day forward. It sounds very dramatic, but it helps me when I decide to like proclaim it, you mm -hmm. know, even out loud to anyone that happens to be around or to no one, but to, to say, I'm deciding to do this because otherwise it's a wishy-washy thing, right? It's like, uh, I want to do it. I should do it, but have you decided to actually do it? So I think the first thing is, is make the decision because then it's a wrap it's, it's locked in and, and then you'll start to build that self-trust that we talked about. Of like, I am a person and that will flow into all different areas of your life, right? Once you see yourself as a person who honors their commitments to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. The coulda, shoulda, wouldas aren't as good as the decision to actually do. So you can never think about those things. So the second question I have, and it's kind of a two-part question. I'm terrible at two-part questions. I always have all these questions. <laughs> they like split into two. But the first one is, tell us about your book. And share a little bit about what we'll get when we read it. And then the second question, which I'll repeat later for us too, just so I don't forget, is to share a book that you would really recommend to the listeners to read that'll help them on the self-growth, self-personal development journey that they might be on right now. Okay, so my book, yes, my book, A Pleasure Principles for Driven Women, Reclaiming Pleasure Through Movement. Wow, it is a part of my story of which we talked about it really talks about moving with feminine intention mm -hmm. 
which we touched on a little bit about a kind of abandoning the the goals and the measurements for movement and just beginning to to move from a place of exploration and just seeing what comes up when we move a place of sensuality so by that i mean engaging all of your senses and being very present and aware mm-hmm. and then the element of flow which is just allowing the movement to unfold and not directing it into, you know, what looks good, or I'm playing this type of music, so I should move this type of way or letting anything influence how you're moving. You're just one thing is coming after another, after another, after another. Mm -hmm. Um, So the book basically tells you how to build your own practice using those three things. And at the end of each chapter, there's, there's a directive, right? It was important to me that this book gives you actually something to do. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, I read this book on how to move and find pleasure. And it was really great. And then it sits in the corner all dusty, but it's something that you can come back to. uh, And there are actual exercises for you to do at the end of each chapter. And it's a very quick read. That was important to me as well. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want to write something that was going to feel like another thing to do. Like, yeah, this looks great, but like, I got to read it. I put a bookmark and then come back to it. And no, it's a very quick read. It's something, you know, you can take it on the plane, um, read it in the morning with your coffee. And it gives you steps to take. And that was the most important thing in writing the book was like, how are people going to actually be able to utilize this information? And how can I help them give them tools and steps and directives so that they can begin to utilize it and build their own movement practice? Yeah, I love that. Awesome. And then what would be a book you would recommend other other than your book, of course? That's a hard one. Because I love to read. I, I'm I'm a mess. I just told myself one book every two months because I read really fast. And, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it sinks in and then I'm on to the next thing. And I want to definitely do better about like really, especially when it comes to personal development type of books, really letting what I'm reading resonate and like sink down into my spirit. Right now, I would have to say The Magician's Way. I don't remember the author. It was just recommended to me by a friend of mine. And what I love about it is it is, it's through a story, right? So it's not your traditional kind of self-help nonfiction book. It's actually a fictional account, but the lessons are in the story. And that made it very engaging for me. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot there. And I love how it's how it's written through where we're kind of going along on this character's journey into what he's learning. And by watching him learn it, we're mm-hmm. learning it as well. And yeah, it's really awesome. I'm I'm so I'm really into it. I'm glad it was recommended to me because usually I'm like, oh, I've read that. Yeah, oh, that one I've read that one. But this one <laughs> was was new and different to me. And it's really been impactful. All right. Awesome. I, I think it's by William White Cloud. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I yep. just found it on Amazon. I did not know it off the top of my head. I was searching. <laughs> so um, I'll definitely look at that. But thank you so much, Lily, for sharing that with us. And everybody that's listening, make sure you go and follow Lily on social media. I know she has some big things coming up soon. So you'll want to make sure you're there whenever all those things get announced. And we'll make sure to put your links in the description of this episode, as well as your book and things like that. Is there anything else you want to share about movement real quick before we jump off? If there was be one thing that I could say about movement is it's something that belongs to you. Like when you, when you think about making the decision to start your own movement practice and you come up against all of these ideas and beliefs that you have about your body, or if you're good at movement, if you're good at dancing, if you, whatever it is that you have, just understand that it's really a gift for, for you. Movement is for you. And I think social media things, we, we look at, it's a performance. It's all a performance. It's all something that's to be consumed by other people. And then those other people get to tell us if we look good doing it or not, or if the right shape, or if we're the right type of person to be doing this type of movement. But when you make the decision to start your movement practice, just keep in mind that it's a hundred percent for you. You don't have to share it with anyone. You don't have to compare it to anyone. If you just think of it as something that is for you, for your self-discovery and for your healing, I think it'd be much easier to actually make the commitment to do it every day. Awesome. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing everything today about your routine of movement. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Success is Routine podcast. If you found value in this episode, share it with a friend. Episodes go live weekly on Sunday at 8 a.m. Start your week with the right routine. Like, follow, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening. Join the Success is Routine movement and get exclusive downloads and content from the guests. Go to www.successisroutine.com and follow the conversation there or on social media. Until next time, remember. The first thing is just making the decision. Like, this is something I'm going to do every single day. Here I go. Mm -hmm. And what I started to notice was that it allowed me to move through my day with much more ease. There's something really special about being able to trust yourself to do what you say you're going to do. Success for me means freedom, means being able to choose my my state of mind, how I want to spend my time, how I want to spend my energy. It's really about having an abundance of choice. The routine is prioritizing myself and giving myself time to express myself before life happens.